John chapter 14 is where we're at, verses 15, 16, and 17. John 14, beginning with verse 15. Jesus says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen. You can be seated. If I had to title this message, I would title it, We Have a Helper. Amen? If you ask me, why would you say that? Well, because, number one, he talks about he's going to give us a helper. But you've got to understand what's going on. All right, John chapter 14, John 13, Jesus lets them know, I'm not going to always be here. In fact, I'm getting ready to leave. The disciples get very upset. They're, they're troubled. That's why in, in 14.1, he tells the disciples, listen, listen, let me, let me give you some word of comfort. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Don't, don't allow, I just told you some news, you're upset, you're wondering how you're going to make it, but guess what? You're going to make it because if you allow your hearts not to be troubled, why? Because you need to believe in me. And that same word he said to them is the same word that applies to us. He was speaking to his 12, the disciples, and he was letting them know there is no reason to be troubled because I've said, don't let, it be, let your heart be troubled. And also, you need to know that I go to prepare a place for you. I have a place for you. Now, Thomas speaks out, and he's asked the question, where, where, Lord, can we know the way? Well, we know the way because Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Amen? So he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, and he lets us know you can't get to God unless you come by me. There's no other way to get to God other than by coming through Jesus. If you come any other way, you're not going to get into the room. You can't get there. Jesus is the way. I think it was Andre Krauss that said Jesus is the saying a song talked about that Jesus is the way. Amen? So he falls out all the way down through here, and he gets to, he tries to let him know that He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. He talks about, listen, you know that because you've seen what I have done. They they were with him three and a half years, and they saw all that Jesus did. And he says, listen, you saw me help the lame, those that weren't able to walk, walk. You saw me restore sight to the blind. You saw me open up deaf ears. You watched me feed 5,000. You watched me do all these things. The very things that I did speak of the fact that I am God and God is me. The two of us are one. If you've seen the Father, you see me. If you see me, you see the Father. And guess what? That same truth is true for us today. No matter what we do in life, God is always there. There's nowhere you can go. If you go to the heights of heaven, guess what? God is there. If you go into the depths of the world, the earth, guess what? God is there also. You can't and I cannot escape where God is. And then he lets them know, we talked about last week, that I'm going to give you a little indicator. You're going to do greater things than I did. What? Greater than 
Peter walking on water greater than giving sight to the blind greater? No, in terms of not of works or what they did, but in terms of the scope by which they do. And he expects us today to do greater things for God. I'm a firm believer that we don't live our lives with the idea that we live our life not for ourselves, but we live our life for the glory of God. There's, no, there's not a single aspect of your life that you and I ought not to live or think about what the Lord would say about what we're doing. Everything, the, where, where you work at, you work wherever you work at, but you ought to do that to the glory of God so that people know that you are, if you are, a child of the king. In school, it's your job, in your home. When you do this, wherever, whatever you're doing, everything is always to reflect that God gets the glory out of what we're doing. Now, how do you and I do that? Well, there's only one way to do it. Because I, like you, many times I fail, I don't hit the mark, I, I mess, mess things up. But God, Jesus is going to tell us that through God's power, we're going to be able to do all the things that we need to do. He says in verse 15, he says, if. If, condition, you love me, if you really love Jesus, and if I ask the question, how many say they love Jesus, everybody's hand goes up. But if you love me, he says, this is what you will do. You will keep my commandments. I love God. I love Jesus. Great. Now you got to keep the commandments. If you really love him, you'll do what he says do. Amen. In some of the passages of Scripture, Jesus tells us and lets us know that in John chapter 14, verse 21, he says, Whoever has my commandments and not only has them but keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest or show myself to him. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them. It's one thing to have them. But it's a whole entire another thing to what? Keep them. Obey them. And what he's really talking about is that our obedience is the mark of who we are as a true believer. The songwriter said, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to what? Trust and obey. It's a dual thing. You got to trust him, but you also have to, and I also have to obey him. John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Amen. And my father will love him, and I will come to him and make our home with him. That's some reassurance right there. If you and I love him, he will, and we will keep his word. He says, my father will love him, and we will come, he will come to you and make his home with you. You'll be able to make your home with him. But it all comes out of keeping his word. First John 2, 3 says, And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. How do I know I'm saved? John 1, 23. First John 2, 3 says, Keep his words. Keep his commandments. If you keep his commandments, you got it. First John 3.22, and whoever we 
And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's, what about, it's what's going to be pleasing to God. And let's just, be, let's just be honest with ourselves. We many times do not always do things that please God. Everybody do everything all the time that pleases God? No, I know I don't. That's why I thank the Lord for his grace and his mercy. So when I miss the mark, he says, okay, all right, if you confess, if I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive me of my sins. And not only to forgive me, but to cleanse me, make me clean from all unrighteousness. You don't have to do anything in life. You pick up unrighteousness. You pick up dirt no matter where you go. You take a bath and you go to bed and you wake up, you're dirty all over again. I didn't do anything. I just went to bed. Well, you're still dirty. Amen? And in life, spiritually, you don't have to do anything to become dirty. We rub elbows against, with people and touch other people and other people are in our lives and all that. And some of that dirt from other people gets on us. It's not hard to pick up dirt. It's always out there. Amen? So, yeah, we, we need to admit that our obedience and obeying his commandments, we need him. And he's going to tell us here in this, in this um, section here, he says, if you love me, if, conditional, if you love me, if is the condition statement, you is personal, if you personally love me. Jesus is that object by which we are to be loved, who's, who's to receive our love. And if we do that, we will do what? Keep his commandments. But it's unconditional. It's a conditional statement. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But if you do, love me. Just simply keep my commandments. How do you know what the commandments are? You got to be taught and hear and learn what the commandments are. It's hard to say, well, what are the commandments? The commandments are all those things that he tells us to do in his word. And if you're not coming and learning and coming and hearing, you won't know what his commandments are. And guess what? Just to help us all out, we're never going to keep all the commandments of God. We're always going to be weighed and come up wanting. Why? Because we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And because of that, we always miss the mark. But there is an answer to our problem. He says, I want you to know, if you love me, keep my commandments. But I also want to give you some help. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Anybody ever need any help? Huh? I know I needed help the other day. I got in my car, and my car wouldn't start. So I thought I could just get my jumper cables and connect the batteries, one battery from Sheila's car to my car, and got pulled up the hood, and I looked, and I went, oh, my, this looks different. <laughs> I mean, the battery, I saw the red for the, you know, negative positive, and I'm like, well, where's the other part? Where's the, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think I'll, so I put the thing back down, because I said, if I mess up her car, blow up her battery, or do some kind of damage to it, I wouldn't be here this Sunday morning. <laughs> so I spared, I spared myself from the wrath. You took my car. No. I just simply, okay. 
So I thought, well, maybe Tyler's car. And I don't uh, uh, that didn't. So I said, aha, I have AAA. Let me do what I should have did at the beginning. Call AAA. Say, yes, sir, I need a jump. And he came about 20 minutes, 30 minutes later. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I said, yeah, the other night we need help. There's nothing wrong with help. And guess what? We need help to live how God wants us to live. I'm going to say this. This is going to be really short and sweet and to the point. Do we need help in terms of how we live for God? The answer to that question is a resounding yes. We need help. Have you ever done this where you say, okay, I'm going to get up today and I'm going to strive to be good? I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to say any bad words. I'm not going to give anybody the bird. I'm not going to do what I'm going to, Lord. My intentions today is to, is to be good. Well, you don't even get out of the bed or get your clothes on and something happens and you get about ready to say something or do something or do something to somebody without a whole, and, and, and guess what? I, I'll speak for myself. It doesn't always take a whole lot. It's a little small thing. You say, I'm going to get up. I got everything laid out for work. I want to do this. And invariably, the, the time you want to get out at, at, at 7.45, and it's now 8 o'clock, and you're like, ah! Why can't I, why, why can't I find this? Or why am I always missing that? What happened to, did you, have you seen my, well, no, I haven't seen, well, where is it? I go, well, I don't know where it's at. I didn't have it. I'm, I'm innocent. I, believe me, I didn't take it and move it somewhere. It's the small things that sometimes sets us over the edge. Now, that's a small thing in life. But we're talking about, here God is saying to us, listen, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we're already sitting here going, there's no way. I can't do this. I mean, he says a lot of things and a lot of do's and a lot of don'ts. And I can already tell you, I'm probably blown 95% of them or 99.9. So I'm already, in the, already got a all the strikes against me. How am I going to do this? Jesus says, I'm going to give you a helper. Uh, and he, I like what he says here. He says, and, and it's a key word. He says, and, I, and he will give, Jesus says, I will ask the Father. Jesus says, tells his disciples, I know you're distressed. I know you're upset and your heart is troubled, but I'm going to help you out. I will ask my Father, God, to give you another Helper. The key thing here is another. What's he talking about, another helper? Well, number one, Jesus was already their helper. He was with them presently. He was with them bodily. And he says to them, I will give you another, not another of a different kind, but another of the same kind. As I am your helper, when I ask the Father to give you a helper, he's going to be just like me. And guess what? He really is going to be me. Because the Holy Spirit, God, and Jesus, they're all three, but they make up one personal God. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you have God. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have Jesus. If you have Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, you have God. If you have the, uh, the Holy Spirit, I mean, they're all intertwined. You can't have one without the other. So when he says, I'm giving you another helper, I'm going to help you be able to live out what I just told you, that if you love me, you will keep my commandments, because I'm going to give you another Helper. Not someone different, 
Because as I'm with you and I'm getting ready to leave, I'm going to give you another helper just like me. Amen? So, I was thinking about, I really don't like it, but every now and then when I was young, I can remember we would have hamburger helpers. It's supposed to help your hamburger. Uh, it didn't do a whole lot for me. I was like, is this supposed to be making it better? Jesus is going to be better than hamburger helper. He's not just going to change the thing. He's going to give you the power to live out what he says to do. And this is the good news right here. He already knows that you're going to blow it. I mean, that's the best news in the world. I mean, you got, he loves you, he forgives you, and he says, basically he says, I know you're not going to be able to do this without me being inside of you. Because he goes on and tells them, he says, uh, I'll give you another helper to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit, who is the helper. The, word, the Greek word is parakletos. And what it means is, it talks about, he says, the parakletos, or the helper, he will come alongside you to assist. And it's the idea of a legal assistant. It's like if you have to go to court. Now, you, have a, you, could, you could say, I'll represent myself, even though you're not a lawyer. But if you're smart, you'll get somebody that has studied the law. And what the Holy Spirit is, he knows about the Father, and he knows about Jesus. He knows all the requirements. He knows you better than you know yourself. So that when you and I stand before God, this helper will come alongside and plead our case. Because God the Father will look at you and I and say, you know what? They are sinners, and what they deserve from me is death and the grave. But the Holy Spirit, the parakletos, the, 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 the assistant, the, the legal assistant comes along, and he says, well, that's true. If they don't know you, that's what they deserve. But as their legal representative, Byron, at one point in his life, said he believed in what I did for him on the cross. He accepted me as his Savior and as his Lord. And because he did that, his faults, his sins are under the blood of Jesus. And because of what Jesus promised that if he died, he died for us, that we might have a right to eternal life and that we might be with the Father. Because, he did, because I did that for him and because he said he knows me, guess what? You have to let him in. Amen. What I deserve is one thing, but what I get is a whole entire different thing. Because what I deserve was death, but because of what Jesus did when he died. When Jesus died on the cross, he saw everybody in here today. And if you know Jesus, if you come to him, if you accepted him, guess what? He pleads through the power of the Holy Spirit our case. So what we get is not what we deserve. Amen? That's good news. I mean, that's great news. I mean, we ought to be like, yes, thank you. Because guess what? Nobody needs to tell you and I how messed up we are. You can beat your own self up on that. I can't talk about a whole lot of stuff. You can just sit there and think about, oh, uh, yeah. If I think about me and my stuff and what I've done and what I am doing, 
Probably what I will do. Oh, I'm a messed up person. Yeah, I'm messed up. But isn't it great to know that God looks beyond what we have done? Now, here's the problem. So here's what we, here's what we as here's where here's what we as people mess up. Are you going to mess up? The answer is not are, but when you mess up. It's not if. If I mess up, no, no, no. It's not if, but when. It's just a matter of time. You're, you and I are going to do some things or say something or do whatever. We're going to mess it up. That's a guarantee. And if you're here today, you think you're not going to mess it up, you're living in a fantasy world. In fact, if you're here and think you never messed up, you've already messed up. You messed up by thinking you're not going to mess up. Because all have sinned, the Bible says, and come short of the glory of God. But Jesus says, I'm going to give you a helper. I'm going to give you that strength. I'm going to give you that person, and he's going to be with you forever. This is not a part-time thing. It's not like your cell phone. You plug it in at night, you charge it up, and then if you use it a whole lot during the day, the battery runs down, you got to recharge it back again. No, he's going to be with you and I forever. Someone has said only the things we do for Christ will last. There's not many people. We, we have not been taught this in most of our circles and most of our education. Because number one, we're never, sometimes we're never around when this is said. And number two, we don't avail ourselves to the teaching. And number three, we don't think like this. But there is not a thing that, that you and I should do that does not point to Jesus. Your job, your family. You ready to go buy a car? You need to be thinking about in light of eternity. What does that mean? Well, let's just put, let's just think about this. We all like new stuff, right? Right? Ain't nobody gonna go. You're not intentionally gonna buy the worst looking car you can find, or you're not gonna go shopping for clothes and buy the most tattered, the most out of date clothes. We like new stuff. We like stuff. I like stuff. Well, maybe you, I guess you don't like stuff. I'll talk about me, since you don't. Want, since you're sitting there like, well, I don't know what he's saying. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, since you don't like stuff, I'll talk about me. I like stuff. And new is better. Okay. So, if you're thinking of eternity, you're thinking about living for Christ. You're thinking about living. You got to look at this now. If I buy this car. Six years, 72 months, whatever the payments might be. For me right now, I, I'm like, no. I'm not committing my life to six months of something, paying for something that I got to have insurance for, that's got to put gas in it, and gas is getting more expensive. And then I got to make sure I don't put a ding, a scratch, or break it, and knock it, or somebody backs into me. And I got to, it's going to rust, and one day it's going to get old. And after, probably after six years, after I get the thing paid off, it's going to be right back time to get another new one or something, but, you know. No, no. Not when I think about I can get a nice car that's really nice, that's really good, in good condition, maybe for less money. And the money that I save, I could be using that to invest in the kingdom of God. Oh, no, Pastor. We ain't thinking like We don't think like that. I was telling, uh, when I was talking with Sierra and Josh, I said, you know what? I said, as a couple, wherever you are, I said, your wedding ought to speak about the gospel. 
somewhere in there you need to make you know because marriage is not about two people getting married and living happily ever after that's a bunch of that's that's fairy tale stuff that's, that's it's a sacrament it's 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 two people who reflect as husband and wife how christ and the church are to be together that's the true picture of it and somewhere in all this excitement you got to say well wait a minute we're we are like the church and with christ the bride and the bridegroom and people who come who don't know anything about God ought to be able that's a revolution. Like, what? What are you talking about? On your job. Why do you work where you work? You know why you work where you work? God put you there for a reason. You have opportunity to share, share with somebody what you know about the Lord. So, oh, no. Oh, no, no. They don't want me talking about Jesus. They don't even know you talk about Jesus. You're not wearing a placard saying I'm a Christian. But people come in your office. People walk in your on your job, you're working beside somebody by a machine or whatever, and they're like, hey, I don't, man, I tell you what, it, life is hard, man. I tell you, I, I just uh, mumble and grumble and complain. Here's your opportunity. So you know what? I Yeah, life can be hard. Man, I'm so glad I have the Lord on my side. Oh, I get it. Kids acting up, wife acting up, husband acting up. Things aren't going well, this and that. But you know what? I, I wouldn't be able to make it without the Lord on my side. Because if I look at my problems, I would give up like everybody else. But I know my Lord and Savior is going to bring me through. Yeah. My wife can say, yeah, my husband gets on my nerves sometimes. But bottom line, Eh, he ain't bad, and I love him, so I, I put up with that. Because guess what? I say the same thing about her, and she's trying to say no, I don't. <laughs> but yes, I do. If you're married and you're a couple, oh, let's just be honest. There's some days you love them, and some days you're like, mm, okay. That's part of life. That has, we've been together 33 years, and that's been great. But there are some days I'm like, you know what, you just need to go on. Because I know she tells me the same thing. You just, need to, you just need to go on. Don't bother me right now. I won't be bothered. And I'm like, okay, go on, go shop and take a cigarette, and y'all go do whatever y'all do. I'll take the house to myself, sit back and watch football or whatever. Oh, balances out. Kids get on your nerves. Those of you who have kids, your kids are perfect angels and never get on your nerves. I'm glad you get that. That's why you need a helper. So when you feel like strangling them sometimes, you know, yell at them. And Jesus says, wait a minute. I am the, that ain't going, whoa, whoa, whoa. See, if you don't do any correctiveness, then they, if they're, and this is this is this is the way it usually works out. If you are not teaching and correcting behavior when it's here, when they get here, 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 and here, or here, it's too late. It starts early. And if you got BAD kids, they're just BAD. They belong to you. You created the monster. 
and now you have to learn how to contend with the mobster. But on those days that you need to do something, you have a helper. Because let's be honest, are there days that you want to just, mm. I was teasing Curtis, and then when they came to church, the young one come running. I saw her get out of the car over here. She runs up to the church door, and she's standing there, and I'm like, so, who are you? Why are you out on the street by yourself at this, uh, at this door? Where are your parents at? <laughs> where, where are your parents at? She's looking at me like, oh, my God. Are you serious? I said, no. I said, I saw your mom and dad over there. I said, I, you know, it's all good. I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, but, you know, there are people that their babies are out. Just running, you know. I see young kids out sometimes late at night. I'm thinking, why? The lady got in trouble just a few weeks ago because her daughter's walking the dog around the neighborhood. And one of her neighbors thought she was unattended and called the Children's services on her, and children's service came and they ended up having to investigate why. Why is your daughter walking the dog in the neighborhood by herself? That's the world we live in now. You need help, not from me. You need help from the Lord, because the things have changed so much drastically that you need the strength. The in on the you need that inner strength on the inside to help you be able to handle the problems of life. Amen. He says, I'm going to give you this help, not temporarily, but forever. Then he says, the spirit of truth. That's who Jesus is. He just talked about that earlier. I am the way. I am the truth. He says, the spirit of truth. And the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The world does not understand. The word their world is from the word cosmos. It talks about the moral order. The world that Jesus is talking about here, the world cannot receive. They're, the world is in rebellion against God. People don't want to hear about God. People don't want to hear about Jesus. People don't want to hear about living for the Lord and doing the right thing. We all want to do our own thing. If you try to do the right thing today, people that are around you think you're really, what is wrong with you? Somebody gives you too much money at the grocery store, and you say, well, well, you gave me too much money. Why would you do that? Just take it and run. And you're at the bank, and the Brinks truck pulls up, and one of those bags falls out. <laughs> and you just pray to yourself, okay, oh, ain't nobody see this bag laying there, because I'm going to. Guess what? That's all marked. And, 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 and there's cameras usually everywhere. And if there's not cameras everywhere, everybody has a cell phone. There he, there's the pastor. He took that bag. <laughs> Wait a minute. Next thing I know, I'm on Facebook. Some of y'all like to live on Facebook. That's where everything is. If you don't have Facebook now, you miss out. That's how they're doing the honest, the right thing to do. I, I always try to tell my kids this. Do the right thing, even if it may cost you. If you get caught doing something wrong, and I ask you, 
did you? And you lie because you didn't want to get caught. I thought you would not get caught. It may be worse for you. Notice I put the operative word, maybe. It'll be maybe worse for you if I found out that you did lie. Oh, I may extend grace and mercy sometimes. But if you deliberately lie, you know, it's not going to be good. Because that's not, that always strive to be and do the right thing. Something happens on your job and you know you didn't do right. Or something happened and you think, well, nobody sells me. So, no, I didn't do it, sir. Guess what? What comes around goes around. Amen? He says, I will give you another helper. The spirit of truth. He is the truth because he says he is the way, the truth, and the life. The world does not understand these things. The world believes that you live for the moment, you do what's right, you, do, you live for yourself. It's about me, myself, and I. And the world will always be suspicious of what they cannot see or explain. How do you explain somebody doing the right thing? The only way I can say it is because, number one, they've been taught and trained. And so there are still some good people in this world today that will do the right thing. I close with this. In 1 John 2, 1, he says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The things that God has given to us, he's written to us that we may not sin against him. And we have an advocate with Jesus. He's the one who speaks on our behalf. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural person does not accept these things does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Why? For they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. You can only understand spiritual things if you're spiritual. It doesn't make sense. There's no reason in God, uh, the world today, that you would come, why, come to, why, why didn't you go to church? Why have a, why, I could just stay home and listen to it on radio or listen to it or watch it on TV. That's not what the Bible talks about. There is something about being in a, in a crowd with other people. There's the dynamics of the, the fellowship of the body. Oh, go ahead. Stay home. Do what you do. But I know one thing for sure because I've seen it. I, saw, I, see, I see it every day. I saw it this past week. The advantages of being in a place where there are people that love you and are concerned about you and will do for you. Something to be said for that. When you have nowhere else to go, there's no place like what? Home. I don't care how bad it gets. Sometimes, if you, hopefully, you didn't mess it up so bad that you can go, you can always go back where? Home. Amen. My mom likes to tell me that all the time. Well, this is your home. I said, well, yes and no. That's where I grew up. But I have another. My home is now just down the street. Amen. We used to commute to church. We lived in we lived in Miamisburg when we first got married. We were attending now Second Baptist or Bible Missionary Baptist Church, the Second Baptist back then. So we lived in Miamisburg. That's how I know commuting is not a really great thing. But people say, "Well, I'm going to be coming." No, no, you won't. 
<laughs> Your intentions are good, but it's hard. And my mom would tell us, well, you can come to church, you can come to the house, you can get relaxed, but it's not like being at your own house. I mean, the convenience of you live over here, you live over there, and you can just drive to church, and, and you, when you get done, you can go home and get relaxed and just chill, versus I can go to my mom's house, I can bring a change of clothes, but I'm really not home. Amen? And that's what I think about the church. The church is the place we should be able to call our home. And no matter what happens into us or what's going on, we can come and say, you know what? I need y'all, y'all need to pray for me. I need some help. Can you help a, can you help a brother or sister out? You know? Because we all need what? Help sometime. And what better place to find help? Because guess what? Some of the stuff that some of us are going through. Somebody sitting here has already been through it. And they could give you some advice and say, hey, you know what? I've been down that road. I can tell you what it's like. And you don't have to listen to what I say. You don't have to believe what I say. But I'm trying to spare you from some heartache and some pain. Because it don't take long for heartache and pain to come knocking at our door. Amen? Jesus says, love me, keep my commandments. And he's given us a helper, to help us live out this thing called the Christian life. Father, thank you for your word.